You don't need to be a bioengineer to help change the shape of humanity. Become an agent of innovation with Invesco QQQ. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Welcome to Trillions. I'm Joel Weber. And I'm Eric Balchunas. Eric, maybe you've noticed uh, the media tech landscapes are obsessed with artificial intelligence right now. <laughs> you think? Yeah. yeah Have you l- used chat GPT yet? Indirectly, but I totally know about it. Um, it's impressive. Although, uh, you know, I, I'm still trying to make sense of it all. I, I will say that it does seem like every two years, something just hits the zeitgeist with the Wall Street hype machine, blockchain, and then it was like ESG. I just feel like now AI is like front and center. This is the new, new thing. Anything with that associated with it is going to have success. Um, is it a bubble? Maybe. Is it just something to satiate the need to market or things? It, or is it truly the next or big thing? Or is it thing? truly the next big thing? I will say I was at the SEC's first ever investment um, division of investment management conference in D.C. two Fridays ago. Gensler spoke at this conference and he said AI is going to be bigger than the internet and they're looking into how to regulate it and whatnot. So that was an eye opener because I do find sometimes you don't know at first whether something's just this huge hype marketing thing or it's really worthy of all that attention. I'm not sold totally, but certainly uh, in the ETF world, there's a ton of attention that's coming about AI, and we're going to continue to see ETFs that have AI in the name doing a variety of things, and so we should cover it for sure. Yeah, and we've been ready to talk about this for a second, but I think we've got two perfect guests to kind of walk us through it. One's going to be Rebecca Sin at Bloomberg Intelligence, who's been watching this space closely. And then we've got Dave Mazza, Chief Strategy Officer at Roundhill Investments, which just launched a, an ETF called Chat. This time on Trillions, AI mania. Dave, Rebecca, welcome to Trillions. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Rebecca, I want to start with you. You, like I said, you've been watching the space closely. There's there's two distinct ways that we can talk about this. So let's just be clear about that. What? How do you break it down? So if we look at all of the ETFs that have a mention of AI, autonomous, robotics, there's really two ways that we classified it. The first are ETFs that track AI companies. So that's the like of ARC, uh, Roundhill, Ball, their ETF that just launched that day we'll talk about. But then the second category are really ETFs that utilize AI. So these are ETFs that had an artificial intelligence that's telling them which stocks to buy and sell, when to buy and sell. And the likes of those would be Forf in Korea. They have a four ETFs and they just launched one last week. Um, but then the other one is also 
AIEQ, which is tracking the IBM supercomputer. And they analyze thousands of data points all day long, 24-7. And they say that they could do the work of a thousand research analysts. So there's really two categories that we found. So yeah, one is a thematic bet on the sector, right? And the other is AI is coming for all of our jobs and it's just going to take over and either mint money or drive portfolios into the ground or, or somewhere between. Yeah, so let's just chew through the second version and then we'll get to Dave and the thematic play. The first version is AI-powered ETFs. So these are ETFs that use AI to invest. Now, I consider this just sort of like an evolution of smart beta. Smart Why? beta. Why? Because it's using algorithms and numbers and stats. It's crunching numbers to try to figure out a way to get alpha. Uh, that's a, a Smart beta is sort of what that is already. And there's been AI for a couple of years. It's not totally brand new. AIEQ, as Rebecca mentioned, was the one that was using IBM's Watson supercomputer. We recently looked at this one. The returns aren't great. Um, it's lagging the S&P by quite a bit. Um, I dug into why, and my conclusion was it's just trades too much. Its turnover is really high. It's going through stocks left and right. And this brings up the bigger problem with AI-powered ETFs, which is you can't really solve the problem that regular managers have, which is costs impeding onto your return. So AI is going to, in my opinion, have to figure out a way to maybe limit costs, limit trading, and limit the fee in order to have our performance. So it's not like AI is like somehow discovered some holy grail. It's going to face the same challenges that regular managers have and that smart beta has, both of which have learned to get cheap and limit turnover, and they've started to succeed because they've done that. So I think AI is early. A lot of uh, ETFs that have come out using AI are pretty high fees. The turnover is high. I think over time, we might see uh, one or two succeed if they can get some performance. But I'm a little more bearish on this side of the fence versus the thematic plays. But but Rebecca, how could, how could this version, the AI-powered ETFs, how could this evolve more going forward? So I think going to Eric's point, if we look at all of the AI-powered ETF from a performance standpoint, just looking at year to date, they actually lag the S&P 500. So looking at all of the ETFs, the AI-powered ETF on average returned 3% versus the ETFs that track AI companies returned 20%. And they're also more expensive. So we found that on average, they cost roughly 75 basis points versus 50 basis points. And so in terms of where the growth is, I think with the AI-powered ETF, you really need to find the right fund managers. As Eric was saying, a lot of this, a lot of them churn, so they have a higher training cost. And so even though a lot of these funds are powered by a supercomputer or an AI, there's still someone tweaking the model. There's still someone tweaking the code. And so I think that also impacts the performance of the fund. Okay, but the the big phenomenon that we're seeing with the chat GPTs of the world, generative AI is sort of what this is called, right? How much generative AI is even in these AI-powered ETFs? Or is there yet another chapter to what this investment future could look like? I think this is where Roundhill differentiates themselves with their new ETF because they really are in that generative space. I think a lot of the ETFs that were launched previously are a little bit more traditional. They are quantitative based, but there is still someone in the background that's tweaking the model that's changing it. And so I think in terms of where the future goes, there, as we adopt AI more and more, and I think ChatGPT is a perfect example, since ChatGPT launched in November, they got more than 100 million users in less than two months. So to put that in context, how many users do you think it took Uber to, how long do you think it took Uber to get 100 million users? A year, two years, 
three years? How long? Six years. Six years, okay. Six years. So Instagram yeah. took two years and Spotify took four years. And so ChatGBT got 100 million users in just two months. And so this really shows that not only is there a hype into this, but people are really invested and interested in this. And I think as you get more and more data in the AI space, that is only going to improve and grow. So I think if we look at specifically at ETFs, the ETFs that are powered by AI, they don't have enough data points. And a lot of the technology when they first launched, I think AIEQ, Eric, that launched a while ago and looking at all of the robotics ETF, I think the first ETF that launched was in 2006. And so if we look at where technology is now versus in 2006, it's improved a lot and it's only going to grow exponentially. The Also the biggest challenge and what nobody can get around is that nobody really knows the future. It's just hard to predict the future and robot AI, smart beta, active manager, it's just very difficult. Uh, my guess is one of these breaks out the press goes with like robots win that gets some money, but then it underperforms and maybe sees some outflows. And you've, you've said to, you're saying that you've seen this movie before. I've seen this movie before. So yeah. now, what Rebecca talked about ChatGPT and the frenzy to get on there, I think that speaks more to the thematic play. In other words, let me buy some stocks that are going to benefit from this, and let me get a piece of that action. That is where the thematic side comes. Should we into bring play. in Dave now? I think that's a perfect Dave, intro. Dave, uh, you've launched a new ETF called Chat. You're the chief strategy officer at Roundhill. What was the thought behind this and how long had you been working on it? Well, I think Rebecca hit the nail on the head, which, which was exciting for us when thinking about AI. It's not really just AI itself. This has been around for some time, but AI has been waiting for the killer app and the killer app was ChatGPT. Uh, and that made it so that because of its ease of use and ubiquitous nature, all you need is computer access or a smartphone and you can use generative AI in your daily life that it opened up our eyes that this is not necessarily a theme or a fad that's happening 10, 15 years in the future. This can happen today. And now we're seeing CEOs, or as you noted, uh, Gary Gensler discussing AI, generative AI in material ways, because that's really where the productivity goes. I think it's exciting. Everyone can be focused on humanoids and robots and thinking that's AI, and it is. But the ability to do so on sort of a micro level is what generative AI is doing. Uh, and that's really the idea behind creating an ETF just for that space. And chat provides exposure to around 30 companies that are at the forefront of generative AI, whether it's the picks and shovels of a company like NVIDIA or companies that are exposed to it directly through ownership of OpenAI like Microsoft or a handful of other names that folks may not be as familiar with who are involved in the space. How quickly were you able to move on this? We launched the ETF, uh, or I should say a couple of weeks ago. Um, and so we moved really quickly. And this is an idea that we were using it. We started looking at ChatGBT, using it uh, again, uh, either in our workflows or just to have fun and realize, say, there's something here. Can we do some research to identify other companies that may be exposed to it? Because it is a very nascent space. And it turns out, once you do that, peel back the onion, even just one layer, you can see that companies sort of have been poised to do this. And now that the intention is there, we're really beginning to see more and more folks latch onto it. Invesco QQQ is a proud sponsor of this podcast and a proud sponsor of accessing the future of innovation. Curious what that means? Well, since March 1999, Invesco QQQ has given investors a way to tap into the NASDAQ 100 in a single ETF. 
We're talking world-changing breakthroughs that we can't live without today. Gene therapy, telemedicine, AI, EVs, and more. Still curious? Tomorrow's innovation awaits. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco QQQ. There are risks when investing in ETFs, including possible loss of money. ETF risks are similar to those of stocks. Investments in the tech sector are subject to greater risk and more volatility than more diversified investments. The NASDAQ 100 index comprises the 100 largest non-financial companies on the NASDAQ. You can't invest directly into an index. Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit Invesco.com for a prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully before investing. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is brought to you by Invesco QQQ. What do all the greatest innovations have in common? Agents. People who participate in progress by supporting cutting-edge ideas. Invesco QQQ is a fund that allows you access to innovators of the NASDAQ 100 all-in-one fund. So you don't have to be an inventor to help create what's next to come. Anyone can become an agent of innovation with Invesco QQQ. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. There are risks when investing in ETFs, including possible loss of money. ETF risks are similar to those of stocks. Investments in the tech sector are subject to greater risk and more volatility than more diversified investments. The NASDAQ 100 Index comprises the 100 largest non-financial companies on the NASDAQ. You can't invest directly into an index. Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit Invesco.com for a prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully before investing. Invesco Distributors, Inc. So how do you figure out who's a real deal player here that has unique exposure? Like an NVIDIA comes to mind, right? Where you've got a, a chip maker who is all about the creating the chip for AI applications and Microsoft, which is a backer of ChatGPT, right? But then like there's a kind of a fall off. I mean, I'll keep Google sort of in that camp or Alphabet in that camp maybe because we know that they'll have something significant with Bard. But after that, like how do you figure out who's legit versus just generating more hype from the hype machine? Yeah, this is really important because I think what we're going to find is, and we saw this with crypto and blockchain, there's going to be a handful of companies that uh, perhaps change their name. Uh, we all know one from Long Island famously, uh, or companies that are using it but not really exposed to it. Perhaps some, maybe some consumer names come to mind, a Wendy's or Pepsi. So what we're doing is two things. And I call it a, a kind of a, a talking the talk and walking the walk approach. You need both here to identify those companies that are truly exposed. So first and foremost, we use a transcript score. And so here we're looking at a proprietary keyword analysis of public documents, whether they're company filings, transcripts, presentations, or press releases, to see if that company has references to various AI and related technology terms. And if you know, you'd imagine a company like NVIDIA jumps to the top of that list. But then importantly, we also have what we call a sector score. And that's to do some, some real quantitative research to understand, is a company actually spending or has direct revenue uh, exposed to generative AI and the related technologies. And so companies that are doing more or have higher portion of revenue coming from that or are spending on it for the future from a true R&D standpoint are going to get higher scores. So you pair those together, you know, subject to some standard uh, market cap and liquidity requirements, you end up with a portfolio relatively concentrated in the grand scheme of things that has exposure to micro caps, small caps, 
mid caps, and of course, some of the mega cap names that are powering this forward. So investors can expect to see around 25 to 30 securities going forward. It's a global portfolio, a lot of US exposure, but a lot of China exposure in the portfolio as well. And this is going to adapt through time, um, which is one of the reasons why we're excited that this is actually an active approach. How do you figure out the weightings? The weightings are really, uh, I'd say, a, a derivation of both the transcript score and the sector score. So subject, uh, so companies that that have a, are talking about it a lot and are actually spending our, on it are going to get higher weights. Uh, hence, Nvidia being the top holding, uh, and then and then so on. So if you look at our top ten holdings, uh, you know it's names like Nvidia, Microsoft, C3 AI, Alphabet, and then AMD, another semiconductor, which is making some inroads with G- GPUs and the chips needed for generative AI. It's interesting. I was at the Inside ETFs conference and I looked at, and I was on an AI panel and I can't say I'm a total expert, but I looked at some of the ETFs and I brought chat up and my one critique of it, this is before NVIDIA's earnings. I, I looked at it and I said, you know, I don't love theme ETFs that have big cap names at the top because I already own those in my low cost beta core. I don't need to be redundant. Then NVIDIA earnings came out and I felt like maybe they were justified a little more because NVIDIA is the top holding and they felt a lot of that juice. But typically I find, Dave, in a fledgling area where the theme might not be totally ripe enough for a full ETF, equal weighting or some kind of modified market cap weighting to give you more exposure to the small and mid cap space could be better because it helps differentiate the ETF more from beta. Well, I think you raise a good point. Uh, And we could have this conversation about a variety of different uh, ETF areas, whether it's factor-based, smart beta, uh, ESG is a you know, whole other can of worms, and, and thematics, right? The way I think about it for this space is it would be, I think, disingenuous not to have the exposure to a company like NVIDIA or Microsoft or Alphabet in a material way in this portfolio. And because they're exposed to it, they get a higher weight. Um, but you know, again, in the top 10 holding, there's names like iFly Tech, Sense Time Group, even C3AI, um, to some extent, a, a company like Mar, you know, uh, or Arista Networks that are not mega cap growth, right? So even among the 30 names, we have a wide representation of companies across the market cap spectrum. For us, it's really, are you truly exposed to generative AI or not? And that's where we're going to hang our hat on. And of course, uh, this market has been rewarding that. Um, that may not always be the case going forward, but if we can provide that exposure again, in a concentrated way to tr- to companies truly exposed to generative AI, then we feel like we're doing our job here. So I guess going off that, Dave, um, there are 70 ETFs that has AI mentioned in their description and roughly 16 billion in assets. We expect that by 2030, there's going to be 150 ETFs with the mention of AI, given how crazy and everyone's interest in this area. Uh, with 35 billion. What do you tell investors that say, you know, how do I pick which ETFs? A lot of them do have AI in their wording. There's a lot of hype in there. And to Eric's point, you know, just looking at NASDAQ 100 and S&P 500, they have all the six names, Alphabet, um, NVIDIA, Apple, Microsoft. And so what would you say to investors? Yeah. So it's funny. I did actually a research paper that was published at this point, probably 10 years ago about dividend ETFs. Um, And at the time, it was crazy because it had first marked that there was 100 dividend ETFs. And now, as, as you all know, there's hundreds more. Um, and if you look at the performance dispersion of them, 
they were massive, right? And, and at the end of the day, a big difference was are they dividend growth, which is more quality, or dividend yield, which is more value. And I think the same can be said about thematics. That when a, 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 in this market, it's very easy to, to put uh, a buzzy name in an ETF name and see if that gets people's attention. I think particularly post-COVID experience and some of the sell-off, investors have become more uh, discriminating about the funds that they own. And they understand that, you know, like our friend Todd Rosenbluth says, you need to know what you own. Uh, and some people just want to buy either the largest or most well-known, but it might not be the exposure you want. So I always advocate, take a look at one, what is the process to get the names in there? If it's an index process, take a quick look and understand the index methodology. You don't need to be an expert uh, in any of this space, but can you understand what they're trying to do? And then do the holdings generally, generally reflect that. Right. So if we're in our case saying we're going to buy, provide exposure to companies at the forefront of generative AI and a name like NVIDIA isn't a top holding, I'd probably question that. But also if there's names like SenseTime Group, which is a leader in China in creating um, a computer focused uh, AI marketplace, they have their own large language model, then that makes sense, too. So this is going to be a space where I think there's gonna, uh, there's. Uh, as noted, a ton of continued investor interest. There could be right or wrong reasons to buying any of these ETFs. But for us, when it comes to what is really focused on generative AI, chat stands alone. Okay, Dave, I'm curious. You've got this thematic option. You've laid out the case for it. At what point, what would it take to put that engine that we talked about earlier in the show, the AI-powered ETF engine into the thematic thing and then you have an ai powered ai thematic etf what would that take yeah so look look we we are huge believers in the transformation that generative ai can bring both to everything from enterprise software uh, where our you know director of research uh, published a report focused on, on an estimate of our a tam of over 120 billion in a 10 years time and also to consumer applications. But the idea that, that AI can be used to identify the company systematically at this point in time, I, I question. That, to me, I would agree uh, at the intro to the show that this may just be the next evolution of quantitative investing. When I was a, a qu assistant quant portfolio manager in the mid-2000s, we had uh, three components to our stock selection model, and we actually outperformed before the global financial crisis consistently. And one of those was price to book. It was so simple, but it worked. And then guess what happens? It gets arbitraged away. I think with AI, it's all dependent upon AI powered ETFs, AI powered investment processes. It all matters uh, at this stage of development of is it being powered by humans appropriately? Now, over time, as generative AI continues to improve as large language models and other use cases begin to become more real time. We have to remember a lot of the generative AI potential right now is still having that kind of backward looking learning. It's we are just at the cusp of it being applied uh, across a wide range of industries. Then maybe um, I'd have more confidence in those particular approaches. But for now, our, our quantitative process, both sort of the on the transcript side and then on the uh, sector analysis side, uh, gives me more confidence that we'll be identifying the names that will continue to be exposed to generative AI in the future. Is there any busy work that you can unleash 
AI on to improve your daily life, Dave? Uh, well, one thing that you know, I think people are experimenting with, and and we've heard some stories about about uh, AI uses going right and also going wrong. Um, you know, there's there's things that I use to help me um, craft uh, to to almost serve as an editor on a daily basis um, for for whether it's a blog that I'm writing or just other research that I'm doing um, to, to to power that. So we're using it. In fact, if you go on the research section of Roundhill Investments website. Uh, we will we will note where where articles are being helped to be written um, by ChatGPT. Now, I think the generative text is where all the easy attention is being paid. But I, I think in the short term, we're going to see people experimenting with uh, image generation, uh, sound generation, and things of that nature. So um, again, we are just at the cusp of that. But yeah, busy work is something that we're looking to offload pretty frequently. Uh, to, to help to help guide us and be that assistant for us. So th- this is, brings up a good point with ETF research. <laughs> I always tell my team, put as much as your voice in your writing as possible. Get as much human in those words because it, th- some of this stuff is going to be automated if you are dull. You know, and I, I do think of this one, you know, the Hollywood writers are on strike. There was this one billboard from this woman who, who was at the strike and it said, uh, chat GPT never had childhood trauma. And I do think there nothing will replace the human at the end of the day for certain tasks. But again, dull, repetitive tasks. I just see just automate it. We do it at Bloomberg on several types of data stories. Uh, there's a lot of automated stories already. But um, I think research and you're editing Business Week over there. How much of your, let's say 10 years from now, how much of the copy is going to be written by AI? No comment. No comment. <laughs> I've stumped Joel. Yeah. No, I mean, look, like we have, there's a long ways to go. Like, is AI going to conduct interviews? No. So I, I think there's a long way for a lot of it. And I think that you're right. There's a lot of things that are wrote that can be disrupted. Um, but I think, you know, the question for humans is like, where do you add value? And I think there's a lot of things that humans will still add value to. So. Invesco QQQ is a proud sponsor of this podcast and a proud sponsor of accessing the future of innovation. Curious what that means? Well, since March 1999, Invesco QQQ has given investors a way to tap into the NASDAQ 100 in a single ETF. We're talking world-changing breakthroughs that we can't live without today. Gene therapy, telemedicine, AI, EVs, and more. Still curious? Tomorrow's innovation awaits. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco QQQ. There are risks when investing in ETFs, including possible loss of money. ETF risks are similar to those of stocks. Investments in the tech sector are subject to greater risk and more volatility than more diversified investments. The NASDAQ 100 Index comprises the 100 largest non-financial companies on the NASDAQ. You can't invest directly into an index. Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit Invesco.com for a prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully before investing. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is brought to you by Invesco QQQ. What do all the greatest innovations have in common? Agents. People who participate in progress by supporting cutting-edge ideas. Invesco QQQ is a fund that allows you access to innovators of the NASDAQ 100 all-in-one fund. So you don't have to be an inventor to help create what's next to come. Anyone can become an agent of innovation with Invesco QQQ. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. 
There are risks when investing in ETFs, including possible loss of money. ETF risks are similar to those of stocks. Investments in the tech sector are subject to greater risk and more volatility than more diversified investments. The NASDAQ 100 Index comprises the 100 largest non-financial companies on the NASDAQ. You can't invest directly into an index. Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit Invesco.com for a prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully before investing. Invesco Distributors, Inc. So we interviewed Kathy Wood and asked her thoughts on AI, and she said it's going to add any. She's going. To, it's going to be the area that adds the most value in the tech sector. And I think when we look at AI, there's really two areas that we can look at. Uh, most people probably look at it from a software and hardware perspective, but her view is that if we take Tesla, for instance, the autonomous driving of getting from point A to point B safely is another way that AI is going to have a huge influence in our daily lives. And so I think it's interesting as we look at a lot of these companies to see how they evolve, you know, we don't know what they're going to do in five, 10, 20 years time. And so there's a lot of growth potential. Dave, so if Kathy Wood has been, there's nobody more bullish on tech in the future and AI than Kathy. Could you imagine a world where where chat invests in ARC or is that not enough of a pure play? Wow. Um, that is a uh, interesting way to think about it. I think um, uh, my short answer would be never say never. Um, but I don't think as of now, that's really the exposure that we're uh, or intention that we're, look, we're, we're looking to have, right? Um, is, is, and also people I think are looking to chat uh, to serve that direct exposure to generative AI and kind of ha- for now having another fund look to do that may, may not make as much sense. Yeah, that's a little like um, just bad form if you're an ETF. There's funny, there was a cannabis mutual fund that used... Uh, uh, HMMJ for the longest time, it had like 10%. There was an African mutual fund that used AFK. It's happened sometimes here and there, but generally ETFs don't want to use other ETFs unless they're an ETF VTFs. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Dave, first time on Trillions. Welcome, by the way, again. Uh, there's a question that we often ask uh, first timers, and I'm going to ask it of you now because you got an epic ticker. Chat is a great one. Uh, what is your favorite ETF ticker other than your own? So uh, Chad is a pretty good one. The Roundhill Investment Team has a g- great number of, e- of yeah, ETFs. Yeah, storied history of great tickers. Weed. Um, Don't forget about the $25 million bad boy meta. Exactly. That's, the, that's probably meta, the greatest meta ticker meta of all time simply because of the price tag. But you can't use any of those. Yeah, you'd have to keep me around all day because I could go to my time and direction <laughs> and some of the great tickers there. Gosh, drip. Um, uh, it, it's, it's really hard, um, to, to, to pick a few. Just pick one in Asia. It's a random number. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, by the way, Asia is so boring. Like in, in the China ETFs, the tickers are six numbers. It's like five, five, oh, three, three, one. And it's like, come on. The AI tells you what your ticker will be. <laughs> Look, I, I'm old school and I'm, so I'm going to go with something like Moo, um, you know, from, from our friends over at, at, at Van Eck, um, that was to me one of like the original cool tickers. I think it still plays a role. Um, so I always have a soft spot for that one. Wholesome, wholesome pick. That's probably the most popular pick. Yeah. Moo, Tan. You know, it's funny. That's the thing I like about it. Like, you know, some of the it's, others are. It's likable and it's a, I like verbs. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's why I like Chat's good. Chat's also verb and noun. You got a twofer there. 
We're, we're, I'm trying to make it an adjective and an adverb. Um, so <laughs> give, give us give us a few months. Yeah. All right, Dave, Rebecca, thanks so much for joining us on Trillions. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to Trillions. Until next time, you can find us on the Bloomberg Terminal, Bloomberg.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you'd like to listen. We'd love to hear from you. We're on Twitter. I'm at Joel Weber Show. He's at Eric Balchunas. This episode of Trillions was produced by Magnus Hendrickson. Bye. How does Invesco QQQ rethink possibility? By rethinking access to innovation and the NASDAQ 100. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.